0: Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. One of the most often referenced fundamentals on this show is company purpose. The visionaries from the biggest companies in the world have shared with us that they start with their company's why, their company's story, to anchor all of their innovation, all of their business decisions. But how do you share that story? How do you make sure customers, employees, vendors all understand the history that makes your company unique? Well, today we're going to chat with Chris Cummings. He's the founder of Pass It Down which helps institutions transform their archives and collections into interactive digital storytelling experiences. We're going to chat about the importance of history, the future of museums, and why the future often actually begins in the past. So let's get after it. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So can you tell the listeners here the the Pass It Down founder story, where this idea started for you and, and a little bit of background on the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Pass It Down Today is a digital storytelling company that works with some of the world's largest organizations, cities, and cultural institutions around the globe to help them bring their stories to life in interactive formats. That could be a phone, tablet, computer, or a touchscreen. And it really just comes to our belief in the power of storytelling. You know, Robert McKee said that storytelling is the most powerful way to put ideas into the world today. And we couldn't agree with that more. But you know, for Pass It Down, it actually originally started as a storytelling tool for families. So my mom, unfortunately, had multiple sclerosis at a young age. She was diagnosed with MS at 23. I started giving my mom shots when I was a kid at seven or eight to take care of her. And uh, she unfortunately developed early onset dementia in her 40s. And so when I was 18, I saw my mom going through this battle. And she had to go through Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, assisted living, and as we were going through this journey, I had a doctor tell me when I was eighteen, "You want to try to to learn as much about your mom as you can now, because unfortunately, she won't be able to communicate that much longer." And that was a, a heartbreaking moment. And I remember when I was eighteen, trying to hire a biographer to go record her life and her story, and it was like four thousand dollars, and when you're Eighteen years old and eating off the dollar menu at McDonald's and Taco Bell, four thousand dollars seems like Mount Everest. Yeah, and so I I tried to record my mom's story myself, and uh, it was something I, I struggled to do. And so you know I was struck by this idea of wanting to be able to capture my mom's story, and and what if we could you know put a biographer into the hands of every person through uh, an application? I'd love it. I mean, what a <laughs> A noble mission, right? And, and I think the best ideas often start
0: with something very personal uh, that you go to solve for. So how do you then evolve from this idea of the family history and family storytelling to where Pass It Down is now?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so interesting, the journey that a company makes and sort of the, the twists and turns along the way. So as we were building this uh, digital storytelling application for families, we originally thought that our sweet spot was going to be in the genealogy industry. That genealogy had done a really good job documenting the past 100, 500 years of a family, but they really did a poor job in capturing stories today. And so um, as we you know, put this into the market, we were lucky enough, we entered this pitch contest that Miller Lite had. It was a, a national innovation contest to find the best new company in the country. And 15,000 companies applied. And uh, we finished second in the country. was judged by Damon John. And as we were going through this and generating press, we had this little lady walk up to me, who's now one of my dear friends. And she said, I know you're doing this for families, but I want to license your technology to tell the story of my entire city. And you should do this for every other city in the world. And uh, it turned out that that lady was uh, a lady named Corinne Hill. She had just been named American Librarian of the Year. And she's considered one of the world's most influential librarians. And so that was the first time we looked at expanding our technology. And so we expanded our platform in that way of showcasing not just family story, but community stories and municipality stories. And once that launched, it was just like a series of dominoes that fell. The moment the news came out about that, two cities outside of Chicago reached out. After that happened, we were invited to go through Coca-Cola's innovation program, which brought in 10 of the world's largest multinational companies in Atlanta. And they literally said to me, Chris, our number one demand across the multinational companies here is corporate storytelling. Would you look at licensing your technology to corporations? We really need help with this. And through that program, we built a great relationship with Porsche cars in North America who utilized our platform to build an interactive storytelling experience for their experience center and headquarters in Atlanta, which is, fun fact, also the Avengers headquarters in the movies. <laughs> and, you know, we, we're just so lucky from there. We've really expanded now to where we're providing services to everything from Fortune 500 companies to cities like Portland, Oregon, to a number of museums and other cultural institutions.
0: One of the things I found really interesting when I was researching your company a couple of years ago before we met was the fact that due to the, and I'm going to put quotes around this, the rapid pace of change and the need to engage new generations, organizations have to evolve their storytelling. And I think what's really interesting about that was that in order to keep up with how fast things are going, you're asking companies to actually tap into their past. Right, And so I think it's such an interesting concept of even as things are going faster and faster, this sort of history of a company might be the thing that helps them determine their future.
1: Absolutely. No, it's incredibly important. I mean, two things here. One is due to the, the change in technology, the one thing that all these different verticals have in common, whether you are a corporation, you are a museum, you are a library, you're a sports team, is that the people walking through their doors, their visitors, are now more addicted to their phones than anything else. And so the rise of smartphones and the change in technology has meant that visitor engagement and how you engage your visitors has changed so dramatically over the last 10 years and is going to continue to change. And essentially, for every organization, there's a fight to capture their visitors' attention. You have to be more interesting and more engaging than the phone that's in their hand or in their pocket. And so every organization is trying to figure out how do we capture someone's attention? But the second component of it is the reason why organizations to go forward, they have to look back is for a variety of reasons. I mean, your organization's history and your story is critical to everything your organization will do. It's critical to how you build relationships, with your investors, your customers, your employees. That's an incredible source of innovation for research and development. You know, there is a... A famous quote from uh, J.G. Pleasance out of PNG and g where he said, no company can afford the luxury of rediscovering its own prior knowledge. Hmm. No company can. And you know Warren Buffett, when people have always said, why is Warren Buffett so successful? It's because he's often considered the world's greatest historian of markets and economies. He's famous for saying what we learn from history is that people don't learn from history. And you certainly see that in financial markets all the time. Essentially, if you look back, you can always find something that's comparable to a current situation today, and so I think the best companies and the best organizations are the ones that tap into their story, and they use it in every part of their organization, from marketing to onboarding to sales. So, walk me through how does what does
0: this process look like to work with you? Of, say, I'm um, you know whatever P and G, Nike, Unilever, you can choose whoever uh, you'd like, but how does working with you? Start. What
1: is the outcome? What is the value prop? Yeah, absolutely. So when we work with a really big Fortune 500 company, we're typically working with you know a couple of different departments. Um, it's going to be either marketing, it's going to be their corporate heritage or their corporate storytelling, or it's going to be in their events side. And so often these organizations know they have an incredible history or incredible story but it's going to be locked into some type of a vault. Sometimes that is a series of physical file cabinets, and then sometimes it is a CMS or a dam. But what they all have in common is the need to be able to take the stories and the history and the heritage that's stuck behind this vault and to be able to utilize it anywhere in the, that company's activities. So a company typically will plug our software in to their CMS or their dam, And then they're going to choose... So we're kind of like Squarespace, but for storytelling, they're going to choose from a library of templates that we have. And they're going to be able to build their own storytelling experiences to share their company's story. And then that can be deployed anywhere in the world. That could be on a touch screen experience you're preparing for CES or for your upcoming trade shows and events that's going to wow a visitor when you're walking by. It could be a digital storytelling experience that you deploy in your business lobbies that replaces an old physical wall that nobody pays attention to. And you can update it instantly with new content and new stories. It could be in your intranet. So when any new employee is onboarded to your company, they have a chance to learn your company history and why that company matters. The essence is the story is important. And that story should be utilized in every area of your company's activities, and our technology allows you to be able to do that efficiently. I remember the first time I went to meet with Nike at their campus in Beaverton.
0: Besides accidentally parking in a spot that was reserved for Michael Jordan, I ended up getting to the lobby early and spent about 30 minutes reading through this mini-museum that they had set up. It had the whole history of Nike. It was like reading the book Shoe Dog years before it was published. It made me a more loyal Nike customer, I think a better partner, as the com- the story was so compelling. I've had a similar experience at General Mills, at Kraft Heinz, and many other brands in their lobbies. But how does that extend outside of that lobby? And how does that extend when you go to events or when you're interacting with that brand in different places? I think what's so interesting about what Chris is doing at Pass It Down is he's digitizing and enhancing these stories and also enabling people to consume them in different locations uh, and at different events. Right before we started recording, you and I were talking a little bit about the challenges that museums and cultural institutions have been facing uh, with, with the pandemic and, and how it's actually been kind of worse here in the U.S. than, than globally. Can you tell us about the Jumpstart program that you all launched, and, and maybe a little bit about how you're trying to help those museums and cultural institutions?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's been 2020 was a hard year for the world, um, and it's particularly been hard on cultural heritage institutions, which are your libraries, museums, universities, art galleries in the U.S. Um, when the the pandemic first hit, the prediction was that 15% of museums in the world would close permanently and by the end of 2020 the prediction was up to 33%. And so for, you know, our museums that we love to visit and to go to during tourism, they're in trouble right now because they typically make money in two ways. That's ticket sales from visitor foot traffic and it's event rentals. And in a COVID world, they can't do either. And so when we saw how much of an impact COVID was having on this industry. An industry that we love, we knew that we wanted to help. Because this industry really needs to evolve. It's really stuck in the Stone Age. And all of a sudden, COVID forced them overnight to say, we've got to go online. and We've got to be able to accelerate. So what we did was come up with a specific program to help small to mid-sized cultural institutions where we cut our cost by over 50% for every qualifying institution overnight. And we said, we will help take uh, your entire archive and exhibits and bring that online for you. We'll guide you step by step in doing it. And we'll also provide you with free curriculum and education to teach you how to do online and digital marketing so you can continue to build relationships with your visitors, you can monetize your online experience, and you can find a way to keep functioning in a world where your doors are closed. Love it. So what do you think the
0: future of museums is? I mean. You know, seeing all the things that have happened, obviously, you guys are doing a great job trying to help sustain and evolve those institutions. But curious, your your perspective of somebody that I know, you and I have talked a lot about the future and where technology is going. Just curious, your perspective on that industry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think from a, a visitor experience side, they've got to stop operating the way they've operated for 500 years, meaning in the Stone Age. So I think we're going to continue to see technology become more of an experience within door of the museum. That's true all the way from the visitor experience, whether that's touch, AR, VR, and better online experiences. But it's also true in terms of them beginning to understand what their visitors care about. There are very little analytics gathered in museums about what their visitors actually like. And so the ability to actually provide data and to teach museums how to use data to make better decisions and to create better experiences. Is really fascinating, and I think it's going to create better experience in the future for these industries. I also think that museums have to find a way to stop operating in the traditional nonprofit format, where so much of their sustainability is based on fundraising and galas. And I think that COVID has really shown that they need to evolve their business model to be more uh, sustainable in the future. So, speaking of the
0: future, where do you see Pass It Down going from here? Like, where are you guys? Obviously, I I know you raised some money recently. Curious your outlook on the future for your company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that we are very fortunate. We've been able to take what I would call is the buzzword of storytelling and actually provide organizations with a solution to turn a buzzword into a real life thing. So we are continuing to expand our relationship with enterprises all around the world. And that's incredibly exciting. We're also tapping into the metadata that archives are built on and looking at how can we bring that into the future uh, using machine learning and AI and voice. And then the third area that's really exciting is we've seen an incredible, incredible demand from sports teams. Sports, similar to museums, was really, really wildly impacted by COVID when their stadiums were shut down. And they also traditionally... Are facing the same problem with their visitors. And so uh, we're working on a couple of interesting new solutions for sports teams that uh, you'll be seeing coming out later on this year. Sounds great. We look forward to it. And
0: Chris, where can people go today to learn more about Pass It Down?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can check us out at PassItDown.com. And then um, our Twitter is at PassItDown. And uh, if anyone has any questions, you can reach me at Chris at PassItDown.com. Awesome, man. Well,
0: it's always great to chat with you and appreciate all the
1: insights and time. Thanks, Fred Elise. A good opportunity to catch up and thanks for having me on the show. Thanks so much for
0: joining us. If you want to stay in front of what's next, hit subscribe or please follow Venture Fuel on LinkedIn, uh, where we drop up and coming interviews and insights on how to access innovation. Until next
1: time.